Because I think the new modern fears, it's the fear of the unknown. It's the fear of pain. But the biggest one, believe it or not, is the fear of judgment. In fact, there's a bumper sticker that was sold at Disneyland before they kind of shut down. It says, what would you do if you couldn't fail? And the big question is, what would you do if you stopped worrying about what other people thought? You know, would you start that business? Would you write that book? And guess what? For the first time ever, no one's thinking about you. <laughs> They're dealing with their own situation. Right now, actually, is the ideal time and situation to start that dream business, to start that dream idea that you've been sitting on, because there's no one here to judge. This is the Angles of Latitude podcast, session number 175 with top 10 keynote speaker and author, Greg Reed. What you're about to hear is the integration of life. Clarity is power. If you live each day as if it was your last, someday you'll most certainly be right. Liberty. We choose to go to the moon. It's happening. And all things geek. Yeah, I'm not sure I know how to answer that. Uh, You got a badass over here. Welcome to the Angles of Latitude podcast. everyone, welcome back to the show. This is JC Preston with Veronica Kieran, host of the Stories of COVID podcast. And of course, this is the show where we bring you life lessons or a message from successful entrepreneurs, experts, athletes, and artists so that you too can find and execute your own personal mission and live a lifestyle that you're proud of. You know, if you've been keeping up to date with the news, you probably realize there's a, a lot of fear out there. And when I say fear, I mean false evidence appearing real. And in fact, as I'm releasing this conversation, we're starting to get into a period where, you know, the economy is, is in many states is starting to open up and whether or not that's a, that's a smart move or not is still up in the air. And so it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. But basically you have one side is saying, oh, we're moving too quickly. And then the other side is saying, oh, we need to do this. However, on this show, we try to make it a little bit different. And by doing that, we've, it's been our pleasure to bring you guests who aren't spending you know, time fearing and worrying about what could potentially be. And in fact, they're doing just the opposite. You know, All of our guests since the pandemic started are courageously making a pandemic pivot. And I'm sure as we move into 2020, even further, we'll continue to see even more of this. Uh, this session's guest is, is another such example. And today we're speaking with Dr. Greg S. Reed, who is an American filmmaker, motivational keynote speaker, and a best-selling author. He has been involved with over 100 books around the world, and 32 of which have been bestsellers, and one of which was the book that introduced me to him, Three Feet from Gold. On top of this, he's been involved with several motion pictures and is highly sought-after keynote speaker for corporations, universities, and charitable organizations. And he also runs the Forbes-recommended Secret Knock Conference. In our conversation with Greg, some of the things we'll be discussing include the power his network has given him, key factors of success across the board, and how the pandemic has allowed him to focus on other things. Before we get into that, I want to tell you guys a little bit about Connected. And, you know, creating leads can be a daunting practice. And even worse, many leads that we as business owners get, they might not even be the best for for our services. So the smart business owner 
We'll leverage a, a network like LinkedIn and use it to search for specific people to connect with to potentially serve them. Problem is, you know, it doesn't matter which platform you're using. There can be a substantial amount of manual labor to engage with prospects, even get them to a point where they're ready to jump on a call with you. Trying to eliminate that, that's where sales funnels come into place. But what if you don't want to use ads or perhaps, you know, bots, for example, aren't the best solution? What if you're really into direct messaging and you actually find more results by messaging other people and striking up a conversation and starting a relationship? You know, if you're that kind of person and you're open to using LinkedIn for, for making actual business connections, then Connected is something that I highly recommend you ch checking out. Connected is a tool which allows you to automate the early engagement process so that when someone actually has a discovery call with you, they're already interested in what you're up to. Uh, you can check it out today by heading over to newinceptions.com slash connected. That's spelled K-E-N-N-E-C-T-E-D. And you can check out the demo that's, that's over there and what it can do for you. And because you're using my particular link, it'll save you $500 on your onboarding fee if you choose to sign up and start doing yourself a huge favor. So no more copying and pasting the same message over and over. I know, I've been there. Check out the link at newinceptions.com slash K-E-N-N-E-C-T-E-D. Before we get into the chat with Dr. Reed, remember to subscribe to the show on whichever platform you're listening in on. I uh, love to see those reviews come in. Comments and reviews truly do affect the chance that other people find the show. And if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts in particular, I'll be sure to read it in an upcoming future session. Of course, as always, you guys can send us any questions about scaling your mission-based business by emailing us at heyguysatnewinceptions.com. Again, that's heyguysatnewinceptions.com. Always love hearing from you guys. Show notes and show note extras of the show can be found at newinceptions.com slash 175. And as always, I'll be on at the end of the show to fill you in on anything we might have missed. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. This is JC Preston alongside Veronica Kieran. Thanks for joining us for this particular session. You know, today I, I, I really think that we're this is going to be one of my favorite conversations of of mine. And as you guys might remember, uh, I was challenged by our other co-host Andy to uh, write a book this year, and I've been doing some homework and then actually determining what the best framework is going to be to get that done. And what has come to my mind is, as I'm going through uh, this process is probably the best thing to do for, since it's my first book is to go to the way that uh, John Maxwell and Napoleon Hill treated their first books, really just a reflection and a compilation of 100 plus interviews. And now what's interesting is as I was coming up with this, I had the opportunity to read a book called Three Feet from Gold. And if you're unfamiliar with the book, don't worry, I was too for about two months ago. It's actually about a guy by the name of Greg who, by good fortune, met up with an influencer who was able to connect him with all kinds of amazing people. Come to find out, Greg was actually a real person. And in fact, today's guest, Greg Reed, was the author and the man that the book featured. And I'd say it's probably a bit of an understatement to say that he hasn't been busy since the, this adventure of his actually started. So today we're actually going to have the privilege to hear from Greg as we learn more about his journey and what he's been up to since writing the book. By the way, Greg can be found at gregreed.com. Welcome to the show, Greg. How are you doing? 
Come on, so good, even I want to be me. It's <laughs> <laughs> the best place to be. So, uh, Greg, diving right in, a lot of people have dreams. This is nothing new. I think we all can agree, but a lot of people, most people, never seem to be able to get from point A to point B. Either the dream doesn't manifest itself or the people don't get the right opportunity or they don't recognize the opportunity when it does come along. Um, You, Greg, seem to have recognized opportunities when they came. And so I'd like to talk about what primed you for success so that you saw those opportunities and could take full advantage of them. What were some of those lessons and early experiences that you have that you feel pivotal to building the empire you have today? Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for having me on your show. I've been looking forward to this one all week and you two are dynamic. I've been watching you and following you on Instagram. You're kicking tail. And I want to say thank you for all you're doing to make the world a brighter place. And hi, everyone. For those of you who don't know me, you know, I've been publishing about 100 books, 45 different languages around the world, and I've had the chance to meet amazing human beings. And one of the biggest ahas I've ever had to answer your question was, what if God in the universe granted every wish and every prayer, but we didn't like the packaging, so we sent it on its way? Mm. And I thought to myself, you know, that's where that saying says, be careful what you ask for, because you might just get it. And what if you sat there and said, God, I need 100 bucks? hundred dollars. I'll do anything for a hundred bucks. And a guy pulls up with a pickup truck and it's full of aluminum cans. He says, Hey buddy, I'm running late. Take these off my hands. You can cash them in. They're worth a hundred dollars. You say, I don't want those stinky things. And you <laughs> send them on its way. Well, you asked, you prayed, it was delivered, but you didn't like the packaging and you turned it wayside. And I thought to myself, how many times have we done that? We asked for the perfect relationship they show up and go, I don't like their toenail, <laughs> but they could have been the perfect person for us. So I'm for myself and the most successful people I've ever mentored. I, we realize that what we do is we throw it out to the universe, but then we also have low expectations of how it's going to come back. Hmm. Well, did you find that uh, before that point, like, did you have moments where you threw away opportunities because you didn't like the packaging? Oh, a, t- a thousand billion trillion. T- I'll give you a great one. And by the way, it's so interesting, Uh, you know, for my entire career, people have been coming up to me with this network marketing stuff. I'm not going to do that pyramid stuff. And that's not for me, right? A couple of years ago, I found a product that I just started using and people said, Hey, you know what? You're using it. Why don't you just promote it? So I started doing it and it took off. I made literally a fortune. And I thought to myself, I've literally said no to millions without exaggeration, millions of dollars. Again, because I didn't like the packaging. And so now I start opening up my eyes and horizons of how it's going to happen. And one of the common denominators of all successful people, I remember Truett Cathy, founder of Chick-fil-A, who was mentioned in Three Feet from Gold. I asked him, I said, how do you become a billionaire? And he looked at me and said, stop planning. I said, what do you mean? I go, that goes against everything we're taught. He says, well, last year you had a lot of goals. I go, yeah. He goes, how did that work out for you? He goes, you'll hit a destination from time to time, but it probably didn't go as you expected. He goes, successful people look for and capitalize on unexpected opportunity. He goes, if I'm on my sofa and I want to get to the end of the street and that's my goal, I have to get up and take action and move toward it and then look for opportunity. A planner is going to plan every step where they're going to pause, take a break, look out for sprinklers. He goes, I'm keeping my eyes open. Did a kid leave a skateboard or a bicycle out to make my journey shorter? If I get lucky, 
I'll wave down a neighbor driving by and hitch a ride to the end of the street. He goes, either way, I'll get to my goal. I'm just not so caught up in exactly how it has to happen. Hmm. So one of the hats that I wear, actually the um, chief of technology for a company called America Multisport. And as the, the title of the company might suggest, uh, we're in the multi-sport business, also known as the endurance sports world. And with COVID-19 happening, you know, all sports have just basically disappeared off the, the face of the earth until further notice. <laughs> we were just talking about within the board the other day was, you know, had you told us in January 1st that we are going to be where we are in the business that we're doing now, which is making connections for hand sanitizer. Um we probably would have laughed you off the stage, so to speak, because frankly, you can't plan for those those crazy uh, situations or unpredicted situations that will land you the ne next big opportunity, as you were saying. Right. Mm -hmm. And it, it, what's, what's really interesting about that, I've, I kind of actually got another story. Uh, I was interviewing the guy who invented the cellular phone. His name's Marty Cooper. And I was writing a book called Stickability. And I would go, what does stickability mean to you? And he said, stickability has to be parallel with another word called flexibility. He says, if you're not willing to adapt and adjust, you'll get stuck, like holding on to old beliefs, old business ideas, old practices. I go, what do you mean? He said, well, let me tell you a story about a spider monkey. He said, in the rainforest, you can't catch it, harpoon it, spirit, it's too wiry. But one hunter figured it out. He took a heavy log, drilled a tiny hole, dropped the peanut inside and left it the base of the jungle. The monkey would smell the nut, come down from the treetop, reach his hand in, grab a hold of the nut, and his fist becomes so big he can't pull it mm. back out of the little hole and become anchored to the log. Now, all he's got to do is let go, but he thinks that nut is nutrition. It's saving him, so he holds on with dear life. The hunter comes by an hour later, captures the elusive spider monkey. And the moral is, could we be holding on to our own nut mm. right now? But it could be in the form of that job or that old ideas or your house or your car or guilt or remorse or whatever we think we're holding on with dear life because it's saving us could also be the thing that's leading to our own demise. Sometimes we have to have the courage and the fortitude to simply let go so we can adapt and adjust and live to fight another mm. day. Yeah, which is so scary for so many people. They think then that's the lifeline. Well, I also, you know, it, it's interesting working with the Napoleon Hill Foundation for these last, you know, dozen years or so, you know, when Think and Grow Rich came out, the biggest chapter of the entire book is called The Six Ghosts of Fear. It's the biggest chapter based on fear. And he wrote about fears a hundred years ago that I don't really agree to. They were like the fear of loss of love, the fear of old age, fear of, I think those are those old timey fears. I think the new modern fears, it's the fear of the mm -hmm. unknown. It's the fear of pain. But the biggest one, believe it or not, is the fear of judgment. In fact, there's a bumper sticker that was sold at Disneyland before they kind of shut down. It says, what would you do if you couldn't fail? And the big question is, what would you do if you stopped worrying about what other people mm, thought? Mm -hmm. You know, would you start that business? Would you write that book? And guess what? For the first time ever, no one's thinking about you. <laughs> They're dealing with right. their own situations. No one's looking in your window. Right now, actually, is the ideal time and situation to start that dream business, to start that dream idea that you've been sitting on because there's no one here to judge. Right, right. Well, and it's interesting. You know, one of the things that they they say is that, you know, if once you start thinking about what everybody else is thinking of you, 
that's when you give yourself the permission to actually work on yourself the way that you're supposed to be worked on. And one of the things that I've been personally working on recently, and I would say in the last year or so, is again, this notion about actively building connections. And so for my book, for example, I've been going back and talking to past uh, guests of the show just to see how they're doing, see if there's any way that I can actually help them. And, you know, just really to just to see if they could add to the book when I get into the, the writing phase. And, you know, many of them are, some are better off, some are still treading the same situation that they were back then. But, you know, it's just, it's just interesting to, to be able to check in and, and see how they're going. But, you know, I've made this realization that connections, are going to get you much, 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 much further than if you're a mad scientist. You can might be a really skilled person at a craft. You might be one of the best workers out there. But if you're in your own scientific lab, so to speak, working on whatever it is that you're working on, and you're not telling other people about it or connecting with other people that can amplify or add it, be a catalyst to what you're actually doing, then it's going to be a very, very, very slow process to get to get, you know, potentially where you want to be. Can you tell us a little bit about what connections have done for you in your life? And, you know, where can where would you recommend that people start if they they're feeling like they're not connected as much as they'd like to be and want to get more involved with others? OK, that was that was a long little monologue right there. So I'm going to try to. <laughs> cut little pieces out of there. Okay? okay. So first of all, we are a reflection of the people we hang around the most. Our income, attitude, and lifestyle is the average group. That's just fact. So the bottom line is this. Surround yourself with people that you have respect for, not people you have influence mm. over. That's key mm -hmm. number one. Door number two, start your own mastermind group. Look, if you don't have a group and association that you aspire to be around, then stop bitching about it and start your own group. And uh, you know, we started a thing called Mastermind Association mastermindassociation.com. You can go on and get certified and learn exactly how to run, host, and maintain your own mastermind group. Surround yourself with positive, like-minded people. You know, that's my circle. So my experiences might be a little bit different than yours because I'm calling my friends and peers and co-works and I've never seen anyone so excited. Everyone's fired up in my circle. We are so fired up because we know that this is going to be passing in the next, you know, 30 to 60 days and things will start getting back on and we're looking for opportunities. We're looking for what's on the other side of it. Well, you know, it's contrarian investing. While everyone else is running out of a burning building, some people are running into it, and that's mm -hmm, what we're doing mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. And so we have just a different viewpoint, and also we're calling each other and lifting each other up. But back to your question is how have connections changed my life? It is incredible. In fact, I've got a TV show pilot that I just shot. It's called Wake Up and Crush It, and it's all about the switchboard which is basically my little black book of all my contacts. And I call it the switchboard because I use it to connect people. And I realized over the years, I've built up a fellowship of the most amazing human beings alive. And once a year, I do an event called Secret Knock. We are Forbes, Inc. and Entrepreneurs, top business event in the entire world. And the way we do it is you got to spend thousands of dollars to go, but we will not tell you where it is or who will be there. That's great. You just have to trust it. We tell you the city and state, the date, so you can fly in. And then right beforehand, we tell you the location. Why? Because last time when I had President Vicente Fox there, he didn't want Secret Service, so he just wanted to show up as himself. 
when we did a private Skype with Edward Snowden, same thing, so we could get the routers so we can make sure it happened. The same thing when we bring in Tonino Lamborghini to the inventor of you know all these different business and icons. And I realize when you surround yourself with the people who are actually accomplishing that what, what you want, everything will change in your life. And I'm going to be very clear on this one. The key principle of all success, especially if you're just starting now, find someone who's getting the results that you want for yourself today and reach out to them. And the most successful people are also the most available. Sounds contradictory, but it's true. So for example, when I want to be a best-selling author, I went to Barnes and Noble and I bought every best-selling book. I didn't write great writing authors. I didn't want to be a great <laughs> prolific writer. I just want to be a best-selling author. And I asked them their system. I duplicated it. And here we are 100 books later. And I realized when I went to Africa and climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, I did not ask some dope smoking surfer here on the beach in San Diego to take me up to the roof of Africa. I hmm. said, who's a porter Sherpa that had climbed it 900 times? I hired them. Wherever they put their boot print, I put my boot print. And I realized every single thing in life can be done that way. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just put a new hubcap on. Mm -hmm. I, so knowing that uh, to follow up, we meet more people today than ever before, simply as a result of social media and globalization. So how do you, uh, for lack of a better word, stay relevant to having such a large switchboard of people. That is, you know, you can't spend all day, every day on the phone with 20 people in order to keep up a book of thousands of people over the course of the month and then recycle it for the next month, right? We have things to do. So how do you find uh, yourself staying in touch and keeping up with the people that you want to stay in front of? Well, I'm old fashioned, I guess, because I'm an old guy. I'm 56 years old. So I do use my phone. I, I disagree. So I send text. Um, if you looked at my text thing right now, you'd see I probably sent 30, 40 texts, you know, yesterday alone, just to my, you know, people I want to reach out to and said, hey, just checking in, sending you a drive by high from San Diego, stay safe. And then the day before I sent out another 40 and the day before that I sent another 40. Mm -hmm. And the way I sell, stay relevant in today's modern marketplace, a different question is I hire very young, youthful people that have got their pulse on cutting edge. So, you know, when TikTok came out, I was one of the first people on there because I saw what was coming because I have an eight-year-old son and he was always on TikTok. <laughs> I went, all right, I got to jump on that sucker, right? And so uh, if you go to Instagram, I got a half a million followers. I stay in touch with them, but I got some, you know, 22-year-old kid that maintains that and runs it. You can direct message me because it goes to me personally, but in general, the post and the upkeep and things of this nature. what. The secret for me is I work my strengths and I hire my weaknesses. Mm. Okay. Work your strengths and hire your weaknesses. And right now, there is no excuse because I promise you, you can go to upwork.com and you can hire someone for five bucks an hour in you know the Philippines. It's got a PhD in literature and give them your contact list and they'd be glad to reach out to them <laughs> for you. I mean, there's, there's no excuse. And between all the platforms of Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and all these different modalities, it's easier now to stay in touch with everyone. Yeah. So um, one of the major complaints that uh, I know you're known for is people's etiquette. 
having good etiquette, being on time, being organized, being prepared. Um, again, you know, if you have an opportunity coming your way, you've got to be ready for it. You can't just have it come by and then get ready and hope it's still around by the time it's off again. Uh, I'd love to hear your own words as to why good etiquette and preparedness is so important to success. Well, everyone listening to this already knows that answer. And you were told this as a kid from your parents and your grandparents and things of this nature. It, look, we don't need another book, a CD, a motivational seminar like a hole in the head right this moment. <laughs> what we need to do at this current time where we're at is to start applying all the common sense, wisdom, and knowledge that you already know. Exactly what I just mentioned earlier. I stop and I send out etiquette, connections, and stay in touch with people. When I have an appointment to be somewhere at one o'clock, I show up 10 minutes early, 15 minutes early, no matter what. And I will never wait more than 10 minutes past our meeting for anybody under any circumstance, because that means that they value your time. And by having these certain rules of, you know, I guess, higher standards, what happened is I started attracting the same people with the same viewpoint. Again, I surround myself with people I have respect for. One of the people I had a chance to sit down with was Evander Holyfield, the boxing legend. Mm. And I learned it from him. I said, you know, how did you win more heavyweight championships than anyone in history? And he said, I have a higher standard. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, in sports, I showed up early. I left late. I invented exercises. I had a higher standard and I won more championships. He goes, where could you be in your own business if you raised your own standard? I said, but didn't it hurt being in a fight? He says, yeah, it hurts. But when you're in a fight, you don't focus on the pain. You don't focus on the blows. As soon as you focus on your pain, you end up on your back knocked out. But that's what people do outside the ring. They focus on gas prices, war, economy, COVID. And then they wonder why they never become a champion. And he pulled me in tight. An Adonis of a man missing half an ear bitten off by Tyson. He says, you know what the funny thing is? He says, when you do win the championship, Everyone comes to their feet and they chant your name. They raise your hand in victory and a guy puts a big shiny belt around your waist. And at that moment, and at that second, you don't feel even one of the punches you took along the journey. But the guy in the losing locker room will have every bruise, every excuse for the rest of their life, wishing they had a higher standard. So Mm -hmm. I live my life each and every day with that higher standard that I want other people to live up to as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, my friends know me uh, for being notoriously early and then they complain about it. But if I say I'm going to be somewhere, I'm going to be somewhere. And you can't expect other people to uh, bend to you uh, if you, if you aren't ready. It's not, Mm. it's not respectful. Um, I agree. So, so, and you may have answered this with, with, um, setting a higher standard, but what other behaviors would you suggest people work on if they're serious about building their, either their own dream or an empire? Well, first of all, did I share the whole thing between counsel and opinion yet? No, let's do it. Well, this, I got two, but you come back to the other one, but this is paramount. Successful people seek counsel where failures listen to opinion. Mm. Mm. opinion is based on ignorance, lack of knowledge, inexperience, like all your family and friends who've never done what you want to do. Counsel is based on wisdom, knowledge, mentorship. People have paved the way. If you go to a family friend and say you're going to write a book, they might talk you out of it if they've never written a book. 
Now, if I go to Jack Canfield, who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul and sold a billion copies, mm-hmm. he's going to say, Greg, sit down. Here's what you need to know and give me counsel based on wisdom, knowledge, mentorship. If we would spend our activity only seeking counsel in our lives and ignoring people's opinion, that's also the day your life would change. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. I can, I can see it. I mean, just on a, on a regular day-to-day basis. I mean, who, you, who would, advice would you expect, respect even more so, so you know, someone that has been in, in an industry for a certain amount of years or someone that's like, well, you know, I've been watching some YouTube videos and you should, I'm like, <laughs> everybody's got an opinion, right? It's like a belly yeah. button or, you know, the saying is something a little dirtier, but. <laughs> well, right. And, and also remember that we got to add another word to that today. So I'll give you an example. Who's getting the results that you want for yourself today? So I, my buddy is the guy who started Chuck E. Cheese. But you know what? If I was going to start a restaurant, I don't know if I'd ask him for even counsel or opinion because he did it 40 years ago. I'd probably go to the guys doing five guys or in and out or whatever the hot trend is today. And I'd ask them for my counsel. So it's very important to surround yourself with people that are getting the results that you want for yourself today. And here's the second tip that I was going to share. And this is the gosh, the first one was good, but this one here is life changing. Everyone listening, if you listen to anything I say, I'm about to give it to you right now. CPC, CPC, this changes every single thing. It's about accountability and responsibility for everything that happens. Stop blaming other people. And it works like this. CPC stands for clues, patterns, choices. So for example, I'm a single guy. So if I go out on a date and the woman is 20 minutes late, well, there's a clue. If I go out on the second, third, fourth date, she's 20 minutes late, there's a pattern. Well, first of all, knowing my record, I wouldn't see her because it's past 10. (laughs) But the bottom line is I then have a choice whether I deal with it, adjust it, yell at her, break up with her or whatever, but it's not her fault. She's just late. I'm not going to change that person. How many times have we seen someone with a bad reputation in business, they do a deal with their friend and get burned, and then we try doing something with them because it'll be different this time, and we get burned, and we're mad at that person. We saw the clue. We saw the pattern. We made the choice. We have to lay in that bed. It'd be the same thing as watching a rattlesnake rattle, then bite your kid's sister, and then you reach down to pet it, and it bites you, and you're (laughs) mad at the snake. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For its own nature. Exactly. CPC, clues, patterns, choices. All successful people, what we do is we do that process as fast as humanly possible. So we weed out the people that we truly don't have the time or energy to be Mm. around. I love that. I love that. So um, going back to what I was saying about the whole opinions based on YouTube videos, um, you know, actually for the show, I was doing a little bit of research and ran across the fact that you are starting uh, Get Up and Crush It. And so far I can, I would say that maybe it's, maybe it kind of looks like it would, what it would be the kind of like the the day in the life of the sharks. So kind of like someone off of Shark Tank, you know, gets a, a reality show more or less. And to me, that's super interesting because I always like to know, you know, what is the daily routine of someone that's in the trenches versus, you know, their bright points in life. Tell, tell me a bit about how this idea came up and, and, you know, maybe the audience that you're wanting to reach with it. 
Well, it's so interesting. It, it just is my life. So I didn't come up with anything. So if you come to my house, all I'm doing is filming every single day activity. So each and every day when there's not some quarantine, people show up to my house, you know, three, four or five people a day, and they all want access to my contacts. Everyone wants access to the switchboard. And I make people earn their right to have access. And basically, my life is kind of like a, a reality show because I make people do things and get uncomfortable. I'll give you an example. If I come off stage and there's 10,000 people, they all rush you afterwards and everyone wants to have a bit of your attention. I, and someone says, hey, I'd like to reach out to you. I say, absolutely. Here's my cell phone. You have to text me Tuesday at 10, 10 a.m. and say, talk to me. And that gets rid of 99.99999% of people because I gave them an actionable step and they're going to get scared, not do it, whatever, but they just don't do it. Right. And then the one person who does do it, I say, great, now I'll meet you Thursday at my house at noon, but you got to be on time. And I say, before you show up, you got to bring me two empty lobster shells or something. I just make some <laughs> weird shit. Up. And again, that gets rid of the other 99.99%. But the person that will actually reach out show up and then text me and then show up at my doorstep early with two empty lobster shells, I know that they're willing to do what it takes to make act, to take action and do something in their life. And those are the people I work with. So I only work with people that are willing to do the action because it's the action and law of attraction that makes our dreams mm. come true. You got to think mm -hmm. and feel it, but you got to get off your ass and do it. Yeah. Right. Right. Just curious, how, how has it changed? And, and production-wise, as we've been going through this pandemic? Well, everything's on stop. I mean, Hollywood stopped. You know, I, I'm not sure if you are familiar with Wishman, but let me tell everyone a quick little story here. I was doing a, a, a book called, I don't know, Think and Grow Rich, Stickability Thoughts or Things, something like that. And I was interviewing Frank Shankwitz, who started a nonprofit called Make a Wish Foundation. And at the end of the interview, I asked him a question. I said, what was your wish? He says, what do you mean? I said, well, you're the founder of Make-A-Wish. What did you want? And he says, no one ever asked me. I said, what? I go, well, I want to grant your wish. Anything you want, I'm going to give it to you. If you want a Lamborghini, I know a guy. And he said, no, I just want my story to be told so my grandkids will know I did something. Mm -hmm. So he signed over his life rights and I said, Frank, I'll make it into a major feature film, but just know I've never made a feature film. <laughs> but he trusted me and it took six years, millions of dollars, more trials and tribulations you can shake a stick at. But finally, we made that film. And this last year, we made the official ballad for the Oscars. And it's trending worldwide on Netflix this exact second. It's called Wish Me. Mm. I'll definitely have to add that one to the show notes and check it out myself. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just as, as JC alluded to a moment ago, we're in the middle of a pandemic. And Everything is kind of uprooting. And just as you mentioned, Greg, with great upheaval can certainly come a lot of pain, but also a lot of opportunity. Um, so what's got you excited for the upcoming year? I'm beyond myself excited. <laughs> you know, but again, <laughs> I, had, I, I started doing preparation, though. You know, so I'll be very clear. You know, I'm not a, a wizard or anything, but everyone could see that some form of adjustment was coming now. God forbid, we no one saw this coming, but we thought that the real estate market or stock, something was going to change. There was going to be a bubble coming. So the last couple of years, I've been working on building my credit to a super high credit score and also reserving all my cash. 
and realize that, you know, the housing crash had another adjustment, I'd be positioned to go in and take advantage of it. And so I'm actually exactly positioned for this moment in time. And so we're all my successful friends. So that's why we're excited because we saw the writing on the wall. And we also look at common sense things. None of us are geniuses. No one has, you know, magic wand to see what's coming next, but you do have common sense. And I'll give you an example. Let me be very clear. Right this second, I am not giving financial advice. I'm just sharing what I just did just so people could hear. So for example, when COVID hit, everyone, you know, started freaking out and all the stocks went to hell in a handbag, obviously. Well, the biggest one I noticed, the fastest one was Starbucks. It got cut in half instantaneously. Mm. So again, I'm not a rocket scientist. So I went and bought 1,000 shares of Starbucks stock, realizing the second we're released from this quarantine, where is everybody going to go? Yeah. So again, I'm not, I'm not a genius, right? But today, I mean, it already was up like $780 this morning. I mean, it's it's pretty crazy because I look at, it's called contrarian investing. So when 9-11 happened, every airline stock tanked to zero. So the rich people bought the airline stock knowing a year or two later it would gazoople and it did. It's the same type of thing. So it's having that reticular activator and looking for the opportunities that are around us. But also there's ways to adapt and pivot and do things differently. Look, people are trying to adjust and go, I'm going everything online when this you know comes out. No, you're not. Trust me, a year from now, everyone's going back to ball games in their old life. People have a short mm-hmm. attention span. So <laughs> yeah, you want to do a, 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 you know, a little bit of a combination, but at the end of the day, you got to prepare for what's coming. I'll give you an example. A quarterback never throws a football when a wide receiver's standing. They always throw it in front of them or downfield and let them run to it. So right now, all I'm doing is looking for a, where the next touchdown's going to be, and I'm keeping a a ball and I'm hoping that the wide receivers there when it gets there. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I appreciate the, the sports nice. analogy there, Greg, because sometimes Veronica's like, uh, okay, JC, that's nice. But thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, come on. And also, I mean, I, I, I get exactly what he said and that's what I've been doing as well. So <laughs> cool. Cool. Anyway, why don't we move on to rapid fire questions so JC can stop Yeah, learning. Let's do that. Let's do that. So rapid fire questions, Greg, is the final segment of the show. And the best way to, to say it is that we will hit you with rapid fire questions, but you don't have to answer rapidly. You know, you can take as long as you want to actually explain the context and your answer. So my first question is currently, who are your top three influencers or teachers that have launched you to where you're at today? That's pretty simple question. I would say the guy named Charlie Tremendous Jones, he was the first mentor that teach me in this industry. And he had a quote, he says that you're the same today as you'll be in five years, except for two things, the people you meet and the books you read. It's who you hang out with. It's what you put in your head that determines your character as a person. He influenced my life dramatically. Dave Corbin, which is my personal mentor, And a good mentor will tell you what you need to hear and not always what you want to hear. And I know I've got a good mentor because he's never once told me anything nice. So (laughs) he's a good guy, always sets it straight. And then ultimately, it's my uh, mom. I had a really good role model growing up as an entrepreneur. And she told me to do what's hard and then the rest will be easy. And I've applied that to my life and it's gotten me very, very far. Hmm. Love that. 
Yeah. What is one gift you like giving others? I'm going to say hope because I like to be the one beacon of showing people what's possible. And more importantly, rather than tell them, I just live that example. So rather than be one of those guru guys that gets up and says, you should do this, you should do this. I just live my life. And then other people say, hey, I want a little piece of that. (laughs) How do you get some of that? And then I can show them from experience rather than just from a book or a blueprint. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think there's something to be, you know, especially today, this thing called transparency that is so huge, especially to the millennial generation. I know we could go on forever about that, but you're right. I mean, we have moved from a blueprint slash here's a course to do that to, you know, going back to the whole Maxwell saying people don't necessarily care what you know until they know you care. Right. And in fact, it's interesting. I just spent a gazillion dollars and I bought a domain name that I'm going to be building out over this period of time coming up in the next month or two. And it's a, it's two words together that are a very popular search term type thing, but no one ever trademarked or owned it. And I am it's credible source. So I, I bought credible source.com and I, I'm going to make that in my entire next life's mission because mm. I'm so sick and tired of all these internet guru wannabe BS people on Instagram standing next to a lone Lamborghini talking about how great they are. The greatest <laughs> thing of this challenge that we've been going through is all these bullshit Instagram fake wannabe people have disappeared. No one's talking about how rich they are today. No one's doing this. Stuff. It's so nice to see that people are going to people of credible source. For example, look, if you want to write a book, you know, figure out who's been published, who's actually got books in Barnes and Noble, who's done what you want to do. If you want to be a speaker, go to the world people that have spoken on the stages of the Pentagon and United Nations and the biggest you know platforms. Stop following people that are trying to figure it out and are faking it till they make it. Surround yourself with people that are actually getting the results you want. For the unveteraned eye, is there any way to tell the difference between the two? Yes, ask them. Put them on the spot. Someone sits there and comes to me and says, hey, Greg. Why should I write a book with you? I can send them really quickly a screenshot of a hundred books and all these languages. And you can go to Barnes. Look, I'm one of the only people in the world. There's very few that have got at least four or five books always available on the shelves at Barnes and Noble or at the airports nationwide. And the way that we did that is that we surrounded ourselves with the very best publishing groups and agents and eight, you know, printers and all these different PR people and did things the old fashioned way. Now, I'm just one of a group, but the bottom line, if you're going to do it, do it that way. It's the same thing today. If someone was trying to sell me their course on making money in real estate, the first thing I would say is, awesome, send me your portfolio in real estate. And if they don't even have a condo, why would you follow that process? Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So on that same note, what message out there is a disservice to youth in general? I think it's the fake it till you make it thing. It's that whole mentality. I, mm. I, I think the biggest challenge is we are a byproduct, though, honestly, of these speakers uh, that have ruined kind of the, their own business. And I'll tell you how. These certain wannabe speakers would get up on stage, just as an example, and tell the world, hey, you too can be a speaker just like me and make all this money when they couldn't. 
And now everyone's yeah. fighting for the same jobs and you're competing against the same people you put up telling them that they could be an expert when they truly weren't. So I think we're kind of a byproduct of our own situation in its own crazy way. And I'm seeing the same thing with the Amazon resellers. I'm seeing the same thing with pretty much every single you know business out there. So this is a reset. So my one feedback to everybody is this, look, credible source, look for and surround yourself with people that are getting the results that you want. Not what they look like, not what they're showing off, but are actually getting the results that you want. Exactly. Yep. Next. Next. If every entrepreneur was given a guide to being a creative handbook, a guide to being a creative handbook on their first day, filled with brutal honesty and accompanied with illustrations, what would be something you'd find in it? Back to the same concept of work your strengths and hire your weaknesses is so brilliant. I'll give you an example. I cannot read. I cannot write. I'm dyslexic. I cannot spell. If you play me words with friends, mm-hmm. bottom line, you'll win every time. However, I am a recognized worldwide author. And the reason I become that because I'm full of crap. I'm a great talker, right? I'm a good communicator. So what I did is I hired amazing ghostwriters, copy editors, that could take my gift of gab and then create it in a way that people would actually want to read in written form. And I realized by those type of collaborations, all things are possible. Look, I don't know how to make a movie or work a camera or do editing. So I said, all right, well, who does? And I started reaching out to those people. And that's how I made a major motion picture. When I wanted to make this TV reality show, I don't have no idea how to do that. So I went to a a new thing called Craigslist. I posted an ad for me. I'm looking for some kids to shoot this thing. I got an idea for it. Come fill my day in my life. And that's what I did. And so the whole idea is that we can have everything we want as long as we work our strengths and we're willing to let go and hire our weaknesses. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yep. And final question, what's it mean to live a life of abundance? Freedom. That's it. It's freedom. Look, the one thing I think we can all take away from this last experience, this last couple of months is the, the lack that we miss our freedom. Well, you know, we want to get into the car. We want the beach. We want to get out to the park. Yeah. We want to have a friend. And we realize how precious freedom is. And we also saw how quick we became sheeple and we literally fell into place um, without any questioning. I, I, I've to this whole thing, my biggest aha, and I think will be the you know reflection point, is how fast every person around the world fell into place. Mm-hmm. I, I just find that shocking to mm-hmm. myself. And, and I, I'm also seeing that people are having upheaval and coming out of this going, wait a second, we need to see some more fact. Wait a second, you can't take away my liberty. Wait a second. And so I think freedom is the key principle thing that I miss myself the most. And if I could wish upon any human alive, would be that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think part of that is due to the Prussian education system, but that's just me being a little bit of a geek. But <laughs> we could talk about that at a later, later time. Well, Greg, thank you so much for uh, being on the show. Again, your website is gregreed.com. Uh, where can people find you on the socials? Well, just go to Instagram, Greg S. Reed. And by the way, again, it goes right to me. So if you direct message me, here's the only thing I request. I promise you, I will respond to every single person myself. But here's the deal. I do not want to talk about the weather. I don't want to talk about what you eat for dinner. I don't want to talk about your kids. 
But if you sit there and say, here's a specific question, what book should I read? Or give me a contact or put me in the right direction. I'd be glad to get back to you. Specificity is the key. I'm going to give you one last little aha before we go. Stop making people that you wish to surround yourself with work for you. Let me give you an example. If I get off stage and someone comes up and says, hey, man, I, I love your work. I want to work for you. I want to be of contribution. How can I be of service? Those are wonderful terms. But think about it. You're making me work for you. Yeah. I don't want to go to lunch. I don't want to go hang out with you. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you did. Now I have to do a whole resume, backtrack, figure it out. Now compare that. This is how I get access to people. If I got off stage and I wanted to get to somebody and I was, a, I don't know, an Instagram guy, I'd go, hey, uh, you know, Grant Cardone, it's great seeing you up there. By the way, I make Instagram posts. Let me make you three kick-ass ones as a complimentary gift to you. And if you like my work, maybe you can use me. Boom, done. I know who you are, what you do, and how you can be of contribution. The more we can be specific like that, I promise you the doors will start opening. Mm -hmm. I love that. Awesome. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> that, was, that, was a, that was a good one right there at the very end of the show. Well, Greg, thank you so much for uh, spending this again some time with us today. And uh, it was definitely a pleasure. Thank you. And a pleasure being here. Thanks a lot, you two. And let me know if there's any way I can be of contribution to you in the future. And until we meet face to face, keep smiling. So there you guys have it. You know, Greg is, he's definitely an intense and interesting guy. Glad we had the opportunity to connect with him. And I know that if you're a Scribed member, you can at least listen to three of his books as part of your membership. I'll have those links in the show note extras. Also remember to check out his motion picture work as well. Uh, one project again being Wish Man via Netflix. And if you want to check out a few of his videos from YouTube, I have them available in the show note extras. The first one I have is of Greg sharing the success equation, which is mentioned several times in Three Feet from Gold. And then as you heard, I asked him who his current three top influencers were in his business. And the reason I asked that is that I know his personal library, it, it's a gold mine. So in the next video, he'll be sharing that gold mine with us. Uh, next up, he briefly mentioned the Secret Knock conference. And so in the extras, I have a clip showing what you might expect from that particular event. And in that, in this clip, Jeff Binder uh, shares a preview of some upcoming hologram technology, which could make any training-based event pretty interesting. Finally, I have a short video of his reality show, Wake Up and Crush It, which he was in the middle of recording when the pandemic hit. So again, you can check those all out and the other show notes at newinceptions.com slash 175. So with that said, that's it for this session. Remember, if you're already making cold calls or directly messaging people on LinkedIn to build leads, maybe it's time to up your game. Check out Connected and save up $500 if you sign up for visiting newinceptions.com slash connected. That's newinceptions.com slash K-E-N-N-E-C-T-E-D. So that's it for session 175. Thank you for spending a little bit of time with us today. As always, we appreciate you guys joining in. Until next session, dig in, have fun, and take care in whatever you're creating, and we'll see you back here next time. Thanks for listening to the Angles of Latitude podcast. Connect with us at home, at work, or on the go at facebook.com slash newinceptions 
on Twitter at New Inceptions, Instagram at New.Inceptions, and on the web at newinceptions.com. <laughs>